Amen. Let me pray as well. Father God, come and take these words and help all of us, each one of us, whether we've made a choice to follow you yet or not, to choose you today in response to you choosing us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, it is it is good to be with you. I'd much prefer to be doing this in person, but wherever you are, I hope that uh, this is helpful and that it helps you connect. I wonder if you have ever played uh, the game Jenga. Uh, you know the one with the little wooden um, blocks and they come in stacks of three and you make a tower of them and then you have to take uh, a little piece from the lower section and you have to put it at the top and the tower gets higher and higher and more and more wobbly and the loser is the one who knocks down the tower on their go. Well, today's reading is a little bit like Jenga. It highlights for us uh, some of the key things that are going on in terms of the message of Jesus. It talks about the main thing, it talks about who we are, and it talks about our purpose. In fact, this book in 1 Peter, this Two, two sets of letters, one and two Peter, they contain so much material about what it means for us to be followers of Jesus Christ. So it's a real joy to be able to unpack uh, this first little bit of this passage with you today. And I'm going to be focusing on verses uh, 9 and 10 that we had in our reading, but let me give you the run-up to it first of all. Um, he starts with come to Jesus. As you come to him, the living stone, as you come to Jesus. You know, our walk, our following of Jesus doesn't really get much beyond that. Each and every single day, are you willing to come to Jesus? If you've been following Jesus for 10, 20, 50 years, the challenge is the same each morning. Are you willing to come to Jesus? And if you have not yet made a choice to follow Jesus, then that's the question. Are you willing to come to Jesus? Because he's inviting you to follow him. He's inviting you to walk in his way. And, you know, if you, if you had a car you would want to know the best way for that car to run you'd know want to know whether it was electric or uh, diesel wouldn't be diesel now because I'd be frowned upon but you'd want to know how the thing worked and in order to know how it worked the best place to go is to the person that's made it the person that's designed it and so for us as human beings the best place to go to find out how to live well is to go to Jesus because the whole of the world, you and me, have been made through him. And that might bump with your intellect, with your thinking. But it's true. That is how things are. And he's inviting you to follow him today. But the passage then goes on and talks about us being uh, living stones. So Jesus is the living stone and we're to come to him. But he invites us to come to him, the living stone. You see, in this strange time when we're out of the church building, actually what it does is it 
emphasizes for us how we are living stones. The idea is that we are being built together into a spiritual house, a temple, a home for the Holy Spirit. You are a home for the Holy Spirit. This is why how we live matters. But the great thing is, is that is that we don't do that alone. I'm filled with the Spirit, you get filled with the Spirit, but together God fills us and builds us together into a spiritual house. So we might not be able to be housed in the church building at the moment, but we are being built together each and every day into a spiritual home with Jesus Christ as the head. But we also have this purpose and um the purpose is, is a kind of strange one. I need to unpack it just a little bit. It's this idea of being a holy priesthood. Well, Mark, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a priest? Isn't that the thing that you do? You know, I know that sometimes you wear a dog collar, Mark. You know, sometimes you have to dress up for some... Isn't that, isn't that what being a priest means? Well, do you know what? That's not what being a priest means. Actually, that's a job. <laughs> And that's a role that I play as part of this community and it's part of a leading role and it's a privilege to be able to do that. But it's not what priesthood is. Priesthood is all of us. We are a holy priesthood. That's what the Bible teaches, that we together are a holy priesthood. That we, as followers of Jesus, have been set apart for a purpose. He's given us a purpose and it's to connect God to people and people to God. When I was thinking about doing this whole vicar thing, I, one, of the, you know, one of the illustrations my dad gave me was about how priesthood worked and it was basically the, uh, the plumber's version of priesthood which is that the priest is the one that connects people to God and God to people. It's like putting in the spiritual plumbing to help people to connect. But that's not just my job. That is all of our job. It's who he has made us to be. And it's not just bringing people to any old God. The Bible's pretty clear. It talks about other gods, small g. It's about bringing people to God with a big g, the one who made everything. There's a talk that we did a little while ago about God having a name based on John Mark Comer's book, God Has a Name. If you haven't heard that, go and check that out because it deals with the specifics of bringing people to a particular God. God with a big G. Jesus, who's come in person to deal with the mess, the brokenness, the sin of the whole world so that we can come to the Father. And he brings us to the Father. The next thing is that we have been included in what God does. You see, Peter describes Jesus and he's joining in with the Old Testament as the cornerstone. Now, if you've been around in church circles a while, you might have heard this uh, referred to as uh, it's not really the cornerstone, it's the 
capstone or the keystone in an arch or a bridge um, because you know that's a that's a significant picture for us and we can understand it but caution as we approach uh, the word of God as we approach the Bible that's probably not what was being referenced here it probably wasn't an arch or a bridge with that keystone it probably was the cornerstone the most important part of the lower bit of the building that held everything together now i find the keystone image helpful but it's just helpful to bear in mind that that's probably not uh what the what the writer was talking about however if we look at the church tower um, we can see that uh, cornerstones are quite important. They hold up the whole building without cornerstones, without those things right at the bottom. The whole tower would come crumbling down and we, we wouldn't know where we were with it. The whole thing would come down on our heads and, and we'd be in trouble. So cornerstones are absolutely key. In Ephesians, it says this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone or the most important, most important stone in the building. Isaiah puts it like this Isaiah 28 verse 16 see I lay a stone in Zion a tested stone a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation and here's the here's the best bit the one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic <laughs> isn't that good the one who relies on the cornerstone Jesus will never be stricken with panic. Now, the reality is we do panic sometimes. We have panic attacks, we get worried, we get anxious. And when we turn back to him, we can rest on him as a sure foundation, the one who holds it all together. The reality is, is that that cornerstone was rejected at the time. And that cornerstone is often reject, rejected in our culture. But we also live in encouraging times. There was a report out this week that said 25% of people uh, in, I think, England uh, in a recent survey had been to a church online during the lockdown. Isn't that amazing? A quarter of the population attending a worship service online. That is just brilliant news. And I hope and I pray that when they tune in and they continue to tune in, that they're pointed to Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the chief cornerstone. And I hope if that's you tuning in this morning, if that's you on Facebook or on YouTube, that you'll make a choice to follow Jesus. You'll say yes to him. You'll acknowledge him as King. Because you know, the reason why Jesus is rejected the reason why the cornerstone was churned out, turfed out then and is turfed out now is because we as people like to do our 
own thing. We like to do it our own way. And to follow Jesus means to surrender that, to give that up and to do things his way. Because his way is the best way. It's the living way. It's the way of hope and life. I'm going to kind of come into land, but I want to unpack verses 9 and 10 with you. And I want to go through them chunk, uh, verse by verse, phrase by phrase. So um, I hope uh, I hope that will be helpful. And um, uh, here's the verse, um, uh, verses 9 and 10. And it's a wonderful passage about who we are. Let me just go through it phrase by phrase. Um, The first thing is, is that we are chosen. God has chosen all of us. When he, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for the sin of the whole world. That means he was making a choice for every single person on the planet and who would be on the planet to deal with all that sin. He's chosen us. Have you chosen him this morning? Are you choosing him afresh this morning? The next thing is uh, that we've been included in his royal family. How how about that? You, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're royalty. You've been included in his royal family. And we need to step into that. You know, when someone gives you a title like that, it's like, like, wow, yeah, I'm going to step in. But it's not me doing that. That's because he's included me. He's included you. Not just royal, but a royal priesthood people together who have a purpose not just one man or woman at the front but all of us a royal priesthood connecting God to people and people to God and we're a holy nation you know we if you if you live in uh, the UK then you, you might end up getting a blue passport in the next few years um, when you times time comes to renew but to be to be part of a holy nation of the kingdom of God means you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. It goes beyond geographical and political boundaries and it's got a future that is timeless and it's started now. How good is that? And you've already got your passport stamped. You are a holy nation and I love this. We are also God's special possession. Too many words. God's special possession. You know, if God had a wallet, I'm not sure he does. He'd have a photograph of you in it. He'd have a drawing that you'd done when you were a child in it. And he'd be like, he'd get them out. this This is my son, this is my daughter. I'm so proud of them. And that's what he thinks of you, us as individuals but also as a church family. And he also thinks this of you if you haven't come to follow him yet. But he wants you to make that choice. He wants to include you in the family. The next bit is this. We are to declare his praises. You know, one of our jobs is to be worshippers of God, to be declarers of his goodness in song like we have done this morning. It's been wonderful to worship this morning. That team are working so hard to help us to worship. And it's a great job. Thank you, Joe and Phil and Gemma and Meg and Pete. You've done a great, great job. 
But actually, this is more than song. This is about the whole of our lives, giving praise to him so that when others look at us, we point to him. Called out of darkness. Called out of darkness into his marvellous light. I've got a challenge for you this morning. Where, where are you living? Are you living in darkness and fear? Are you entertaining dark thoughts, secret actions? Are you lost in the past? Are you overwhelmed with grief and heartache? This morning, step into the light. It's not about ignoring the difficulties of life, but it's allowing God in his fullness to bathe you in light because that's where you're supposed to live. He's called us out of darkness into his marvellous light. We are the people of God and we've received mercy and we continue to receive his mercy day by day. It's an amazing place to live. Let me just repeat, repeat that challenge. If you're living in darkness, hiding away or loss or grief, step into the light today. It's not about stepping out of reality. It's not about ignoring those things. But it's about allowing yourself to be bathed in his marvellous light so that you come to Jesus. So that you know who you are in him. And so that you have purpose. I want to finish this morning just by being personal. Um, not about you, about me. I mean, I'm not like going to put your stuff on the screen. That would be rude. Um... I want to be personal about me because I want you to know that this is a walk that I have to take each day too. It counts, it matters, and those choices matter each day. For probably 10 plus years, I've heard this repeated thing from the Holy Spirit, just to slow down, to carry less. And I hear it even more strongly in this season to slow down, to carry less. This is, for me, one of the things that it means to come to Jesus. I hear him saying to me that I'm, I'm not to carry anything at all. Uh, that might sound weird. It's not about not taking responsibility for things, but it's about not carrying the things that he hasn't asked me to carry because he can handle carrying them and actually I can't. I'm just a person. And a few years ago, Meg um, brought me this uh, set of hands with a globe in it as a reminder that he has got the whole world in his hands, as the song puts it. Or as Psalm 95 puts it, in his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. You know, we live in places and we take responsibility for things that were never supposed to be ours. Let's give them back over to him. Let's step back out into the light. And for me, that's the challenge. To walk slowly enough to keep in step with him. To not carry the things that he hasn't asked me to carry. And to walk in his light. Because that's, that's the place where fruitfulness is. That's the place where life is and so I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna pray this morning 
especially if you need a fresh touch of his Holy Spirit, especially if you want to come and get to know him for the first time. Father God, I pray for those that have been following Jesus for a long time. Lord, that you would come and renew in them a fullness of your Holy Spirit. You fill to the measure of the fullness of God, not our measure of fullness. So come and fill us up. Come and restore. Come and help us, each one of us, to step into the light. And for those that don't yet know Jesus, know this. And Wes, Wes was talking about this in his introductory video. That you are loved. That you are chosen. And that God is inviting you into a great adventure. And Jesus is the one that shows the way. So I pray for you that you would make a choice to follow him today. In Jesus' mighty name.